Blog Talk Radio. On a mountain, in a valley, I behold only God. In hardship, I see Him by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melt amidst the sparks of the flames. I behold only God. Rabia the mystic, wonderful, wonderful Muslim cleric, or speaking Islamic wisdom. Blessings to all of you. Thank you for joining us this day. Our topic today is Do No Harm, and Brian is on the other line. Good morning, Maya. Good morning, Good morning, Brian. We are here only to be truly helpful. We are here to represent Him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do, because He who sent us will direct us. We are content to be wherever He wishes, knowing He goes there with us. We will be healed as we let Him teach us to heal. Beautiful. I, I, I love hearing that every week. And I love where it, it ends with the music, too. It almost always set ends at, be still my heart, you know? Yes, I and, that, too. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, yeah. I love this piece. I hate to switch it down and, and turn it off. I often do when we're talking. Um, but if you don't mind it being in the background, Brian, uh, tell us about your week. Oh, my week's been fantastic. I'm just uh, moving along with my radio show, and the business is starting to pick up here with the um, springtime coming around. So things are starting to get busy as things start out from the winter, if you will, and things are moving along very, very, very nicely. Oops, hold on, let's see if we can slow that down. I'm trying to turn it. I'm not turning it softer today. It can't go softer. So, Well, it sounds like you've got... <clears throat> I'm glad to hear that things are turning around, and I'm sorry the music started getting louder, and I can't speak for our listeners, but I can tell you that, that I started having problems. The biggest biggest disadvantage of having a switchboard on your computer, my friends, is you really don't have very much control. So, you know, when I used to have a, could see the real switchboard, you can move the music lower and lower and lower. Here, the lowest we can go is 9%. Some days that's perfect, some days that's loud. And for whatever reason, Be Still Thy Soul, which is gorgeous because it ends with saying, you know, let's each of us be one of the lights. And it's a perfect startup piece, but it gets louder and louder and louder on Sunday mornings. Um, I have less and less control over it. So could you tell me again, I thought I heard that you said that the economy is turning around, but I'm not, I may have misheard what you said. Well, that's, I mean, I, that's what I'm noticing, but what I had said was that our business is picking up because it's springtime now, okay. and more tourism takes place in the springtime, summertime, and 
whatnot. So on that front, things are turning around, and then Good. I'm doing my radio show and post medical meetings, and things are going great. Yes, I know. I asked Brian what he was doing today, and it was like just one message after another message participation, and I was, I'm was i just in awe. I'm in awe of where you live that that's possible, but I'm also in awe of you that you do all these things and very respectful of that. I really am. I do apologize, folks. I have a bit of a congestion going, I think. Um me, I'm uh, actually taking uh, a few days off, and I'm trying very hard to be honest with that and not work because I suffer from uh, being someone who takes great solace in their work. I, I guess that I feel that I do things for people there, and uh, so it gives me a sense of accomplishment to accomplish my work. And this next uh, four days, counting today, I'm going to aim very hard to do very little of that kind of accomplishment. I was originally going to, we were going to have this show, (coughs) pardon me, from Santa Fe today, and uh, I'm sending blessings to my friend uh, Mary Jane and to her family. Her mother is uh, very, very ill, has been in a care center for a long time, and is uh, now not eating, and... Um, spending an awful lot of time on the other side. And so their family is making certain that every second of every day that's available to them, um, that they could potentially be there even if, even if an eye flutters. But if it opens, they want to be sure someone's there. And so I am here in California, and uh, I am sending blessings to all of you in Mexico, New Mexico. Today's topic is do no harm. I've uh, come to recognize that this is kind of the beginning thesis for just about every face. Do no harm. It may be spoken about uh, in terms of in biblical words that are open to varying interpretations. Uh, Love others as you love yourself. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But when it all boils down, it really is three words. And so that you know, um, love others as you would love yourself and do unto others as you would have them do unto you are both very much similar passages interpreted differently and are found in uh, the the Old Testament, in the Koran, are part of the... Um, Excuse me, I'm, I'm just, I'm not even going to try today to, to hassle with he, uh, Hinduism and, and the, I want to say, Dramapada. Uh, Dhammapada, they're part of the, and um, that they're part of every faith. Every faith. Do no harm. It's a big topic on a beautiful day for us here in California. And Brian, I'm going to let you lead out on that topic today. Please, uh, guest, if you would like, call in 646-595-3584. We look forward to hearing from you. And Brian. Well, this topic of do no harm is the essence and the foundation, if you will, behind everything that we talk about. Because what we're talking about essentially each week is the fact that there's only one experience. There's only one source. There's only one thing 
going on in all the universe at all the time, at all times. If we think about it, if we say that we live in a universe, we're saying that we live in this one place, if you will. And then there's many aspects, many worlds, many galaxies, if you will, inside this one universe. And these are only the things that we're aware of inside the universe. And it all comes down to there being just one thing that is at the center, at the source, at the um, center of, of everything. And so when we really begin to realize that life is the source of all of life, if you will, that life is touching each and everything within the universe, then we begin to realize that we are connected with all of life. And so to do no harm is so important because when you harm someone, when you attempt to harm someone, when you have the intention of harming someone and you try to act that out, all you're really doing is harming yourself. And we can see acts of harm, of hate, of crime, of war, all around the world. And if we were to look deep within each one who is acting out these crimes, acting out these behaviors, it's really just someone, a little child, if you will, crying out, saying, I don't know who I am. And they've never been shown love by their parents, by their family members, by their friends, and they've learned to put this shell around them that makes them this hardened criminal, if you will, or someone who acts out in certain ways in a harmful manner, whether it be to themselves or to others. And the truth is that the essence of all of us is an innocent child of God, if you will, an innocent being of light. But we have forgotten who we are and built up a facade around us so thick, so callous, that we believe ourselves to be these behaviors, and we've forgotten who we really are. And so the remembrance of doing no harm in each and every moment, and only loving, only extending the love, is what can bring us back to the full awareness of who we really are, and who everyone else really is. And when we begin to notice the truth of ourselves and the truth of our fellow man, then doing no harm becomes, um, you could say, natural. It becomes self-evident. It becomes the very experience that we are experiencing each and every moment because we realize that all there is in the world is just reflections of the same source from which we come ourselves. And so to treat each and every one with respect and love and honor is to treat ourselves with love, respect, and honor. It's to come to know ourselves fuller and fuller in each and every moment and is to experience the beauty and bliss that is life. Yes, yes. I, I as always, there's so many things that, that you said that sparked a kind of a comment from me, I think that one I'm going to take was said early on, which is that we forget who we are and we begin defining ourselves as our behaviors. And I used to um, used to kind of keep the word behavior as one word, like that encompassed, all, encompassed all of the behavior that a person engaged in. But I've come to realize that I like it better as a plural word because there are so many different sides to every human being. And yes, we do define ourselves 
many times by that we, we perhaps always define ourselves and it's a struggle to move out of those what I consider to be human definitions and into the definitions and in the human definitions are that uh, there's only room for a few of us in heaven and so uh, we get to decide or God's going to decide who is going to be one of the few and because it, there's only a few slots then even though there are billions of us because there's just a few slots uh, you have to satisfy some defined set of rules and once someone doesn't fit into those rules then they're forever doomed just a very unloving God that we have created in, in our interpretations of the Bible and we forget so many parts of uh, and I will tell you I am better versed in the um, Old and New Testaments than I am in in other religious treatises but you know even for those of you who are listening who are Christian and I imagine those of you who are listening are, who are Hebrew and those who are listening who are in fact uh, or Jewish I should have said because Hebrew is a tribe and those of you who are listening who are Islamic and those who are Buddhist and those who who have no hold on a faith you know there are are all signals in everyone's religious treatises in uh, the Rome, Romans chapter 212 uh, Jesus said you know you judge those who have the rules by the rules and those who don't by their rules I don't like that interpretation because there's no room for us to judge if we're going to not be judged or basically the message was as those who interpreted that 600 years after Jesus died I want to say that number again for any of you 600 years after Jesus died the Old Testament was written about what he said but let's look for the truth in the message if we get past the human fears that were driving that the 600 years of playing gossip like we learned or telephone for those of you who are younger you learned to play in kindergarten it passed from ear to ear ear to mouth to ear to mouth to ear to mouth now you remember in kindergarten by the time it got around 15 20 25 30 depending upon the size of your classroom kids the original message was very distorted but there was generally a kernel of truth in it and in that particular one the kernel of truth is the recognition that it doesn't matter about rules it doesn't matter about rules and that's why Jesus could say we are of the body and the body is one and so when he did his or is it with the sermons that are attributed to him about loving other people it was so clearly stated the truth in those sermons 
is there's no effort in loving the lovable. The real challenge for the divinity within you is to love those you find unlovable. To soften your eyes, and as Brian describes so beautifully, see your connection to everyone. Work in your mind to restructure your thinking about something. And then embrace that. Now, that's not to say be foolhardy and walk into things that are going to harm you, believing that somehow you are impervious to the hate-driven world that we live in. That's not what we're suggesting here, nor have we ever suggested that. But we are suggesting that you hold your tongue, you hold your words, when those words are laden with evaluating the character or lack of character of someone else. And that perhaps you consider, because you don't find that behavior acceptable, rather than adding on to the sense of doom that has been added on religiously to that person's conduct, implying that there's... You know, it's like at some point, why bother? There's no more room in heaven anyway. It's full. And yet, the fact of the matter is, there are precisely the number of mansions in heaven as there are people on earth using a biblical concept. They're exactly the right number always. And so you don't have to approve of the conduct. Excuse me. You do not have to approve of the conduct to value the person. And sometimes people engage in conduct that is not very valuing. And it makes it can make you sad. And it's a struggle to see more in that person than they are showing you. And the easy way to remove yourself from the conflict of knowing that there's a valuable person here and knowing that the behavior is very anti-Christ, very unloving. The challenge in that instance, the easy way, is to judge the person unworthy and not try to look for the inner glow within them, the divinity that is nestling in each of us. And this week, I know personally, I have, and, and I'd like to challenge each of you, if, as in the coming week, uh, to try a similar exercise. There have been people who have been very frustrating for me. <coughs> I'll give you a a real-life example. I'm a co-trustee with a person for an adult male who is an alcoholic methamphetamine user. 
And this week, we and we always have hope. So money was spent to buy a rehab center. Well, maybe not a center, but a program. And then we agree. I agreed to money to buy rent first and last month on God knows which number apartment, thinking that we could rely on the time here, of that there really was hope for this person. And I haven't given up hope, but I'm very disappointed in the behaviors. very disappointed in the behaviors and recognizing that I needed to take some action. And I understand my co-trustee is this man's brother, and it's very hard not to write a check. And so I removed the ability to write the check. It is not that I don't care about the methamphetamine alcoholic. But I don't believe the solution is going to be in money, and we've almost run out of money trying. And that was a very heart-wrenching week for me. All of these things, the finding out that the money that was for the first and last month's rent actually went to the last spree, And the upside of it was realizing that it's very, when you're a man's brother, it's very hard to say no when the man is completely at the bottom. And so I I am loving all of them. I am trying to soften my gaze to all of them. But on the other hand, I'm not foolish enough to expose my law license, so to speak, by continuing to allow checks to go to someone who's using them largely um, to harm himself. So I don't approve of the behaviors. I'm trying to create a situation where I'm showing love and respect to everyone, but also realizing the love and respect comes back to me too. And that, I think, is is the cycle of humanity. Don't put yourself in a situation where you are vulnerable in order to allow other people to engage in conduct, behaviors that are harmful and which ultimately may harm you. But on the other hand, you don't have to use bad words about those people. You don't have to think that there's not enough spaces in heaven because I'm here to tell you right now there's plenty of space in heaven for everyone and everything in the entire universe. And this is the large lesson for each of us to learn. Is exactly what you're talking about. If you will, for a moment, let me speak of it in this way, although this isn't the way that it truly is. What I'm about to say is that let's think of it in like two different worlds, if you will. The, worlds of, the world of humanity, if you will, and the, and the world of divinity. 
Now, as we know, there is no, there are no two separate worlds. There's only one world. But because we seem to experience ourselves as human beings, and when we think of it that way, we actually think of ourselves as just humans who are being ourselves. But really what we are is we're beings who are experiencing this thing called humanity. And so when we, to, to treat each other properly with love, sometimes does require saying no to behaviors. But at the same time, you don't condemn or judge someone for their behaviors. You just no longer enable them to continue those behaviors. And so what you've done by stopping the flow of the money because you know that the behaviors in the way that this person is spending the money is not conducive to their rehab, but is actually um, continuing the problem is an act of love. And the thing that a lot of people miss on this and can condemn, condemn someone for doing is saying that by withholding something from them is unloving. But the, what, what you're withholding from them is the opportunity for them to continue to harm themselves. And that is an act of love. So what we need to do, if you will, why, which is the reason why I kind of said, let's think of it as two different worlds. One, sometimes our actions, sometimes our words have to say no to, to harmful behaviors. But at the same time, we do not, like you said, speak negatively about the person. We do not cuss the per person out. We do not think in our own minds that this person is a lost soul, undeserving of ultimate love because everyone is deserving of ultimate love. But if you are enabling poor behavior, then there's no incentive for that one to change. If, if people can only get away with what other people allow, if you think about it, to use an analogy, to use an example, if we think about it, Hitler, if you ask me, was quite insane. Yes. And there are many people in insane asylums who might be speaking similar ideas that Hitler was speaking. Yes. But the only difference between the one in the insane asylum and what Hitler was able to achieve, if you will, was that other people agreed with him and acted out what he said to act out. So if we think about it in that sense, people are only able to get away with what other people allow. And so if we stop enabling people to get away with harmful behavior by just simply saying no and not participating and contributing to it, then the behavior will eventually stop because you can't do something of your own. This whole world is about agreement, is about a community, if you will, about two people accomplishing something, two or more people accomplishing something. And so when we stop enabling bad behavior, but also hold the understanding and the knowing that there's more to this one than they're displaying, then healing can take place, rehabilitation can take place, and the experience of loving is taking place all throughout the procedure, if you will. Yes, yes. And, and you know, uh, in I believe it's Neil Donald Walsh's Conversations with God, and I believe it's in Book One, with God. In Book One, he talks about the idea that Hitler went to heaven, too, because there's enough space in heaven for everyone, and that is just something that grips the heart of many human beings. What? Hitler, the epitome of the most 
terrible evil. That's exactly right. But you know what? As Brian said, it although the behavior that Hitler was espousing was so unloving, what is upsetting is that so many sane people who were not insane joined in his thinking joined in in his behavior, made his insanity become a reality because of the of the intermingling of thoughts. And he's such a good example of do no harm. Do no harm. What a challenge. And that doesn't, and, and to me, a crucial component of that is do no harm is not do no harm to people in your family, do no harm to people in your tribe, do no harm to people in your religion. It's a very strong pronouncement, do no harm. And it's it's a scary place to be, to be ready to do no harm, when you're around very people who are engaging in very harmful conduct. I have to tell you, And normally we do not become very political here. On occasion, I will admit we do. But um, without espousing any belief about the health care system one way or another, I would like any listener who thought that spitting on black members of Congress yesterday, of calling black respected members of Congress, some of whom participated in the civil rights movement, niggers, was doing no harm. You know, what piece of legislation is worth losing sight of your divinity? And when the person who spit on the congressman was arrested, the congressman remembered the lesson of the little angel. And he forgave. He did not file criminal charges. But what a lesson we are having in where our country is right now. that we are sitting face-to-face with people that we love and you have to back off talking. I made simply a statement at lunch with my mother that there was going to be a vote on health care reform today. And she became so fearful that she wanted to talk because she was afraid of change. without even having any clear definition of what the change was. And I recognize this is not a topic we should talk about. But, my friends, are you ready to make the choice that just respects another person's humanity? 
without feeling threatened, without thinking that only a few, there's only a few seats in heaven. I think that God has Brian and I here, and I here, telling you, reminding you, nudging you to remember. Because God is now recognizing that human form does not do well as a bunch of broken pieces of vase living to remember that they're all one vase. And so all around you there are people all around reminding us that we're all connected, that if you're going to uh, shoot off one toe, you're shooting off your own toe, part of your foot. And I don't know that there's ever been so many messengers. So many people delivering the same message at so many different levels. In so many different places. Because we are on the verge of moving out of the Antichrist, the anti-love period, and moving into the the love period. Letting go of all of that hate and recognizing and remembering that we are all part of life, that life begets life. And that there's room enough at the table for everyone. And now how are we going to make certain that there's a chair there that there's a plate in front of that person and that there is food in front of that person. The challenge to love the unlovable. And so right now I'm sending prayers to all of those yesterday who use vile words who engaged in vile acts because they don't agree with something that's written on a piece of paper. And maybe that's the the flip side of what we're talking about here. You don't have to agree, my friends, but you have to remember when, or you should, if you want peace, remember when you were speaking out, you were talking to your brothers and sisters. When you were speaking out, you were talking to people who deserve the dignity that you want to have given to you. Let us put aside this antichrist behavior that has dominated the world. And let us move forward in loving behavior. We don't have to agree, but we should at least accord people respect as people. And I apologize, Brian, for getting a little political, but that was a very upsetting thing for me. 
when I heard that we were going backwards at an op- when we're in an opportunity and a time to move forward. No worries. As we know, um, people on the in the masses, you could say, resist change. A common occurrence for humanity who doesn't know that change is inevitable, and not only change is not only is change inevitable, but it's actually desirable. Because when things stay stagnant, then things get actually uncomfortable. Because we are ever-moving, ever-flowing, ever-present beings. And so when we actually start to embrace change, we actually start to enjoy our lives more. But when we believe that change is somehow a negative, then we fight and we resist and we try to keep ourselves still, try to keep ourselves in one space, try not rock the boat, if you will. But it's in rocking the boat that um, good comes out of it. And I actually know that um, the more people who are opposed to change, now I'm not saying that all change is always good, but I happen to know that this, in my opinion, as you could say, that this change that's taking place in our country is a good one. And all the changes that have made a humongous impact on our experience as a country, as a world, have always been resisted greatly but have always turned out to be fantastic changes in the end. And so I'm very confident that, you know, with enough time passing, everything will be just fine. But the lesson in this for us to remember is that even when we don't agree with one another, that doesn't mean that we need to be violent in our disagreements. We don't need to be spitting in one another's eyes. We don't need to be calling each other flagrant names. We can just simply have a discussion on why we think what should be and what is and and how we should move forward. And I, if we would be, what's the word, um, respectful? There's another word that's not coming to mind, but if we would all sit down and, and have a discussion about it and be uh, humane about it, then we could, um, you know, come to agreements on things. And I think Collaborative, the, 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 yeah. Yeah, and and be civil about the whole process. And yes. if we would, instead of being accusatory and, and um, you know, um, pointing the finger and just trying to fight just for the sake of fighting, and we would lay all that aside and, and come to a place of saying, okay, let's find an agreement here, let's find a, uh, a middle point, let's find some common ground, then we would actually um, move forward in a much more conducive, a much more peaceful in a much more beneficial manner, but that's something that we all as individuals have to come to with inside of ourselves, and so we need to begin to recognize the divinity of ourselves, and then from there we can recognize the divinity of one another, and the respect that comes from that connection, from that recognition, can, can be nothing but peace and honor and respect of one another, but that's something that on an individual level we need to do for ourselves. And much like I was saying earlier, that we can t- we can say no, and we can say no quite strongly, you could say, without being violent to people's behaviors, but at the same time know that the one that is acting out those behaviors is more than what they're displaying. Yes, they're more than, see more in another than they are showing you. I agree. I, you know, I will tell you folks, what I said to my mother was later, much later, I allowed time for her to to pass. And then I said simply to her mom, 
I'm not saying to you that there may not be change coming, but I want you to know if there is, I will help you work through it. And so you don't have to do this alone. And and the realization that, that we do not have to make brave decisions alone, you know, uh, or encounter change that others have decided is in our interest that frightens us, that we don't have to do these things alone and that we can call on uh, each other and that that's part of what it's about. Instead of working our mind around how something is uh, going to negatively impact us, gather information, say, okay, you know, if this happens, what will it be for me? How will this impact me? And so instead of being open to those who want to incite us by our emotions, we all have beautiful minds. Let's, Let's get information and make individual choices uninfluenced by emotion and fear And, and that's that's the challenge. And and also, you know, at times it's, yeah, I'm very lucky. You know, I this doesn't apply to me. But is everyone else the same? Uh, opening our eyes up and looking around and seeing that maybe there may be other people who aren't blessed with what we have. And can we continue to turn a blind eye to them? And, and act as though um, the Protestant work ethic is, is still real, that those who have, have because they deserve. And yet, when you recognize that there is divinity in all the parts, those who have and those who have not, those who are lovable and those who are unlovable, or whose behavior is unlovable. All of the parts have an equal divine spark. And and if you can envision humanity, if you can envision God as a giant ring full of gemstones, all of them different colors, all of them as equal size, If one gemstone is dislodged from the ring, it is not the perfection that is God. And so each person is a jewel in the stream of God. And they do present us opportunities, lessons, on to rise up, And that's the question. Are we meeting that lesson, that opportunity, as our highest self? Are we loving ourselves enough that we could want others to be treated as we are treating them? So do we want to be treated that way? The person who called the persons who called 
black legislators, niggers, do they want to be called honkies? Do they want to be called poor white trash? Do they want to be called rednecks? No. It's that connector that we're missing. It's love ourselves and then show that love to others because that's how we want others to treat us. What they want to be spit on. That that connector is is on is being challenged now. And we are being provided many, many opportunities to be our highest selves. And when we're not, and there's, I I did take a second and read the chat board, Brian, and you know I'm not good at the chat board. <laughs> but <laughs> I did take a ch- second to read it, and I saw that as one of the persons there was writing, you know, we all step aside. We all, we are not perfect beings. And that's not, that's not, does not mean we're doomed. That does not mean our seat is pulled away from the table and we can't come back. That just means that we stepped off and we need to learn how and why we stepped off so we can stop doing that in the future. And if we have to learn that lesson multiple times, that's fine, as long as the ultimate goal, the ultimate goal is to respect one another. So right now, I'm going to send a prayer to all of those. And I know I did a minute ago, but I'm going to, again, send a prayer to all of those yesterday who use words they would not like used with them, who engaged in acts they would not like to have engaged in with them. I'm going to send them love. And I'm going to send them hope that they can learn to love themselves enough. That it would be impossible for them to want to treat someone in a manner that they do not want themselves treated in. Or as the person on the chat board wrote so well, Sometimes people feel physically threatened by ideas. And so I'm going to send hope and love to those people that they can, as Brian described, become involved in collaborative discussions. Understanding that everyone is not always going to be content, but what everyone is going to be is able to work in positive ways for changes and solutions when problems come up. It's rechanging the energy from negative fear to positive love. And I'm sending that energy now to everyone on our planet to put down their swords, whether the swords be their words their body fluids, M15, maybe that's an old rifle that doesn't exist, AK-47s, chemical weapons, 
denying other people food, denying people education and keeping them ignorant. Let us all learn to love ourselves and then to take the love that we feel, the recognition of what we are worthy to experience and spread that on to each other. Thank you. Brian, we have about 11 minutes. Uh, I'm going to ask you to take us out with a meditation, but also any comments before I start that. Uh, Please go ahead and start the music now as I go ahead and speak to what the meditation will be about. And the topic of the show has been Do No Harm. Do not harm yourself. Do not harm another. Do not harm under any situation, under any circumstances. And how we can begin to recognize when our behavior is harmful is by connecting in and recognizing the truth of who we really are. And to bring ourselves into this connection, we ourselves must go beyond our own behavior. Must go into a space with inside of ourselves. To go into the silence and the stillness within. And to connect with the divine expression of love that we really are align ourselves and reconnect with this space and embody it once again. And to embody something means to display, means to partake in, means to show the world what it is and what it means to be that thing. And what we truly need to do to bring about positive and loving change in the world is to embody the peace, the love, and the divinity of being who you really are. So taking the time to move below the surface level emotions and reactions to what others might say and to what we ourselves might say and do and to look at the behaviors look at the emotions from a space of observation rather than being fully immersed within because when you're fully involved and fully immersed within something That becomes your only point of reference. You can see nothing else. When anger or upset overcomes you, all you can see is through the eyes of anger or upset. But when you choose to put on the glasses of love, of divinity, 
by consciously choosing to sink below these experiences, these emotions, and to connect and align yourself once again with the divinity of your being. You are then able to only react and respond from the space. And this space is available to you in each and every moment. Because this space is the truth of you in each and every moment. And no matter how much you have confused yourself, no matter how much you have distracted yourself, and no matter how greatly you believe yourself to be something other than what you naturally, effortlessly, and truly are. The truth of you does not change. You are a divine, loving being. That is the truth of you. To begin to embody truth of who you really are requires that you consciously choose for it. That you consciously decide to connect with, to remember this space, and to live from this space once again. And once you make this connection, as you hold this connection, by choosing to simply let yourself go into it, since it is your natural, effortless expression of being. As a result of making this choice, you find your life changing. You find your behaviors changing. You find your thoughts changing and you find the words that you use changing. And you find yourself embodying in every action, in every thought, and in every word more of the truth of who you really are. This change comes from within. are a unique, divine expression of love. No one can tell you who you really are. It is up to you to come back into connection with this divine one that you are and to allow yourself to consciously choose to move with it, to flow with it, to feel as though you're being submerged and engulfed by it, that it becomes a part of you. But this thing that might seem to engulf and surround you is the wholeness 
up here, baby. It's the perfect expression of the perfect creator in which you were made in the image and likeness of. You yourself are the extension of perfection. You yourself are the extension of love. And to be these things means to extend these things. To look upon each and every one as more than what they are showing you. To look beyond the behaviors. To look past the words. And to recognize the divinity of each one is to embody the truth of who you really are. And the truth of who you really are is the truth of who everyone else really is. So to extend love, to extend peace, to know who you really are and who everyone else really is is to be yourself to embody the truth and to experience the fullness of life this choice is yours to make in each and every moment because it is you. And as you choose to make this connection, you begin to experience more and more and more of the fullness of your being. And peace becomes your only experience. Love becomes your every action and perfection becomes the only experience in each and every moment. Choose to go beyond your behaviors, to go beyond your words, and to go beyond even your thoughts on a daily basis, even if it is only for a few moments a day, consciously choose to go into the stillness and to go into the silence of who you really are and begin to experience more of the peace, more of the love, and more of the joy of being who you really are. And find your actions. Find your words. And find even your thoughts. Changing for the good. Changing towards peace. 
and displaying and embodying the truth of who you really are, a divine, loving being filled with life. Thank you so much, Brian. That was beautiful. The show is not streaming now, but for those who would be listening, let us say that we thank you for joining us. If you listen by archive, and we will be with you again next week. Brian, thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, listeners. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.